Welcome to the Vacation Impossible podcast for Saturday, December 21st. We are at the Hotel Maya here in Long Beach because we just got off the second ever sailing of the Carnival Panorama. It was the first ever seven-day sailing of the Carnival Panorama. Yep. And uh, it was the first time the Carnival Panorama ever went to Cabo San Lucas, Mazatlan, or Puerto Vallarta. And so we got this kind of handy uh, inaugural uh, season book, which was kind of cool. And uh, yeah, we got to check out the, the brand new Vista class ship, the newest uh, ship in the fleet, the new flagship of the Carnival uh, Cruises line. So yeah, what did you guys, what did you guys think of the new, uh, the new ship? And uh, yeah. Uh, I liked her quite a lot. Uh, I mean, you know, it is a new ship, so obviously I mean, she's not even, what, 50 days old? Not, well, a little bit older than that. Well, in terms of having guests on her, there was a three-day sail immediately prior to our seven-day sail, and that's it for guests. Yeah. But it did sail over from Italy, and it stopped in, I think, Puerto Vallarta to pick up a lot of staff and things like that. Yeah, and like Argentina and all that sort of stuff, so it did, did make a lot of subs. But so she's, she's a very, she's brand new. Um, and so obviously there are a few kinks that need to be ironed out and whatnot. Uh, but no, by and large, I thought she was really nice and uh, the crew was fantastic. They were very, very energized. I mean, obviously brand new crew, so you're going to have them at their best. So, so that was really, really nice, but uh, I was pretty happy. Yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, the crew may have been shiny and new. I don't know if it means that they're at their best because um, they're still getting to know the ship and That's getting true. to know each other and the teams that they're in. Uh, so they're all at the beginning of fresh contracts, so they're fresh. Yeah. But um, I, I think that they're still figuring out, like in the dining room, for example, in MDR, yeah, they were constantly true. having trouble figuring out what tables we were going to. Because <laughs> yeah. we did your time dining, so we're not at the same table every night. We're not even going at the same time every night. So uh, and we were often t- you know, taking on a little merry chase all yeah. the way around to the back and the front and the back again uh, before they found, you know, 447 or whatever table it was we were looking for for, that was for our assigned table. Um, but uh, I like the latest improvements they've made to the Carnival Hub app mm. so that you can check in for your time dining on the app. It notifies you when your table's ready and gives you a table number. So that was great. Uh, and that was seamless for the most part, I thought. By and large. Uh, and so, yeah, the app itself, uh, there were some problems on the first day. They were doing some work on the chat function and guest services had not been told. So, uh, you know, and it charged, it double charged us. So we had to go to guest services, get the secondary charge removed. And then we let them know about the problems with the chat app. Uh, and then they eventually, after testing everything with my phone that they could think of, <laughs> you know, setting it to airplane, rebooting it, reconnecting, all this stuff, reinstalling the app, whatever, they finally called the IT department. The IT department said, oh, no, we're working on the chat app right now. It's not up and running. <laughs> they played a little bit of Plants vs. Zombies real quick while you were noticing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that game, so yeah, I should check and see what they did to my phone. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty good. I liked the um, I liked the ship. Um but I, th- and I've, I said this before about like having a favorite ship is the ship is so much the people yes. uh, more so than it is the craft I find so having a favorite ship feels a little funny uh, and so I think but there are aspects of the ship that's unique as well so for me I still think I prefer the breeze I really enjoyed the panorama but I don't think it unseated the breeze as my favorite and a big part of that is because of deck 5 deck 5 on a dream class includes like 8 hot tubs that are half hanging off the ship yeah. uh, and that wasn't so much on the panorama they have many fewer yeah. uh, hot tubs and with that's a, with a larger ship too so that's that's a lot of people were uh, not happy about that yeah and so uh, and, and uh, 
there were times where like the lineups would snake uh, in back on themselves. You have to board the ship by walking through the casino. You have to exit the ship at the uh, end of the sail by walking through the casino. Yeah. For somebody who has an allergy to cigarette smoke, uh, you know, for someone with a child, not fond of being forced through the casino. Uh, and so there, there's a couple little things, you know, uh, for your time dining, if you're not using the app, you have to check in on deck five and then go down to deck three or four. Yeah, uh, that's bizarre. Yeah. And so little little things like that. Um, and so hopefully they can make adjustments. But there was, uh, you know, they had the destination elevators, the destination dispatch elevators. So there was some uncertainty on how to use that. We spoke to the staff and we got a final answer in terms of um, when you select the, the, the deck you want to go to. And you do that in the lobby before you board the elevator. You have to press it once for each person in your party, yeah. not once per party, so that it has some idea of the number of bodies going in so it doesn't overfull the elevator. So what you do is you, you select your deck, you get on the elevator, and there's no buttons on the elevator except door open, door close. That's yep. it. And it will have a little readout of what decks this elevator is going to in this particular trip. And then you just get off on your deck. So if you've gotten into the wrong elevator, each elevator has a letter. And when you select your deck, it tells you which one to go to. Yeah. If you've gotten into the wrong one, just get off and start over. Uh, and so some people were kind of a little bit confused with that, including some of the staff were a little uncertain. But um, that's one of those things of they're just finding their feet. Uh, and so I think by the end of this, by the end of the cruise, both the staff and the guests had that figured out fairly well. And another thing to note with regards to that eleva elevator, uh, if you are someone who has mobility issues, so there are people who are at scooters, wheelchairs, walkers, there is a handicap button. So what you do is you, uh, I believe you press the handicap button and then you select the floor. And what it does is actually automatically reserves four spots for you. Um, and then you would select it again for if you have additional people that party for you. So if you're it's yourself and, and say two other people, you'd press the handicap button, press the deck, and then press the deck another two times and then it just basically makes room for six people uh the one thing i i got gathered from basically what i'd overheard from other people and what i relayed the information myself is that for the people who had, uh, rented the scooters they were not told this um which i think is really unfortunate uh, that because that's kind of vital information because you know they would press the button and then they'd have to then it was a full elevator and they'd have to wait again just right? a because, tiny bit of room yeah yeah and so it's it's that's definitely i think really important information that i hope they get better at at communicating uh if in future sailings yeah, but I mean, it is such a large ship. I don't feel like I got to try everything. I didn't get to do the ropes course yeah. or the sky ride uh, or, or, or uh, just on a seven-day sail. Um, but still, it was great. It's a lovely ship. I recommend it. I plan on coming back possibly yearly. Uh, it's great having a, a brand new ship on the West Coast, which is a nice touch. Uh, and there's still so much more for us to discover. We filmed a lot of video on this cruise, and so we've already got some videos out on YouTube, Vacation Impossible. Uh, is on YouTube, youtube.com slash vacationimpossible to check out those videos if you're listening to the audio podcast. Yeah. And uh, we've got some tips and information there. Uh, Julian, what did you think of this brand new ship? Ah, uh, it's pretty good. Something I just wanted to clarify or, uh, before I probably forget it. Um, I use the um, handicap system for the elevators is because I accidentally pressed it once. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, how it actually works is you press the button and then it lists all the decks that it goes right. to. Right, yes. I noticed that. I um, think that might have been for visually impaired persons as well. Yeah, yeah I think so that's part of it. When, when it calls out the deck you want to go to, you press uh, the button again. Right, yes. Oh, so if you can't see the screen... You just, it's a one button operation and you just listen. Yeah. That's really uh, smart. That's clever. That's clever. But again, you, th it's not it's not well explained in the signage that they have. Yeah. Uh, so well, uh, that's part of why we're here is to help explain that to people before they go. Yeah, hopefully. like they're the. Well, they, they, 
Sorry, sorry. Well, when you press the button, it tells tells you what to do. It's like when you hear your deck being called out, press the button. Yeah, but yeah. people don't they, they don't necessarily hear. Uh, not, not not that they don't necessarily hear. I'm sorry. Like when the active listening is not always a part because you know you're with your friends and you're talking. You're, you're or somebody else is battering right next to you. Exactly. Like it's, that was kind of what was happening today. So there was a lot of that leaving the show. Not a lot of active listening. So it's not uh, it, that could be an issue. Um, and also they have like instructions on the more dis- uh, on the busier decks mm-hmm. to say this is what you're supposed to do. But they don't mention the press for how many people are on there. Yeah. So there 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 some of the communication some of the. Uh, instructions have not been very well uh, executed and, and that can be improved upon yeah and we're active in some facebook groups including um canadian carnival cruisers yep. uh there's a vifp group that we're in uh there's uh, cruise excursions so there's several uh, facebook groups that we're active in and there was a lot of debate there going on as to whether or not you press it once per party or per person about 75% of the people on Facebook were saying once per person. The other 25%, at least according to the staff we spoke to, were misinformed. You uh, Pressing it once for group, per group is not the way to do it. And it might feel a little silly. You're sitting there and you're pressing the same thing several <laughs> There's eight times. Of you. You're going to be there a while. But that's that's just the way that it works. Yeah. Well, I just imagine that you press your button, then you head to the elevator, and then your friend does it. Next friend. Yeah, that's another way. You could have like a group captain who plugs it in for everybody, <laughs> or you could take turns plugging it in. Either either works. Whatever you're comfortable with. Well, and, I mean, you are the captain. You literally have captain. Like, was it um, deodorant? Deodorant. <laughs> there's a new there's a new scent of uh, Old Spice deodorant that I got for this sailing called Captain. So I had to try it. It's actually quite nice. It does. Yeah. <laughs> this this podcast and video is not sponsored. That's just a personal <laughs> recommendation of something I came across. But you know, feel free to add us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we will. We will. We will accept your sponsorship deals. Uh, you know, you can email us team at vacationimpossible.ca. Reach out to us on Facebook Messenger, Twitter, or however you like to contact us, and we'd be happy to consider reviewing products. Of uh, we did recently review the Trond um, uh, Power Trond. Cube, yeah. and that actually worked really well. Yeah. And it actually, kind of saves the day here in this hotel we're in right now um, because there's not a lot of power outlets. Uh, and so that, that's been helpful. And also, on the Panorama, there is more power than on a standard Carnival cruise ship. You get two, SB, two USB ports and two standard plugs, but those two standard plugs are very close to each other. So Julian was charging his 2DS, and that Nintendo charger is a little thick. I wanted to charge my Canon camera, and they couldn't fit side by side. I grabbed my Trond power cube, plugged that into one of them, and we had plenty of space. We could charge everything. And in my travel, my video that I did recently on how to pack for a seven-day cruise, I incorrectly informed you that the Vista-class ship has uh, USB ports uh, by the bedside. Uh, that is not true. So I, under that belief, didn't pack my external battery charge, uh, external battery, because I'm I'm one of those people that I have to have something in my ear as I'm listening to a podcast or uh, Keith Morrison or someone singing lullabies to me or something. Um, and so my battery obviously dra- drains, and so I was constantly asking poor Rick, can I borrow your you know, charger again? Can I borrow your charger again? And he's like, why, why don't you just pack your own? So if you're like me and you need to have constant sound, make sure your you know device is pro- fully charged, uh, or if it's a, like, again, an older phone, it drains battery faster, maybe bring an external uh, charger, um, and I'll probably do an update video on that. Yeah. Uh, so Julian, I wanted to ask you specifically, though, is the Carnival Panorama a good ship for kids? 
Hmm, that's a good question. Julian's been on seven cruises now, including um, uh, like the Legend, for example, and the Carnival Breeze. So he has been on the Spirit class vessels and the Dream class vessels. And so I'm curious, like out of like the ones that you've been on, uh, you know, a, a Spirit, a, a, a Dream, or now a Vista class, what do you think is best for kids? Hmm. Well, thing is, it's um, been a little more what do you consider kids? Cause this is the first year where I've been in circle C and, um, yeah. unless this is, unless this is normal, um, in circle C, uh, at least for this, uh, sailing, there's only one, uh, camp leader. Sometimes this other person come. And, um, if, if you want a good example of, of how well that worked twice, security has been called. This blows my mind. Yeah. That yeah. security was called twice to Circle C. And Circle C's run fairly independently. There is the one leader there, but the kids are largely left to do uh, what they want within the space, within the rules. Yeah, yep. basically I, what everyone does is swear and play video games. <laughs> we, we, we don't endorse the swearing. Uh, and so it was a little unfortunate to hear about that. But at the same time, kids will be kids, I suppose. I mean, we try yeah, not to judge. 12 to 14 year old kids who are kind of just have hormones raging through them. So there's <laughs> going to be some, uh, there's going to be some swearing and some kind of, you know, browbeating a little bit, I think, here and there. Well, I don't, I don't know about blaming it on the hormones, but I do think that uh, uh, they're on vacation and they're away from their parents and they're with other kids uh, trying to make an impression, possibly. I Probably don't know. a little bit of that, yeah. Um, but like, when, thinking about when you were a little bit younger, like when you were a shark or something like that, uh, in, in Camp Ocean Camp Carnival, yeah. um, do you think that being on a Vista class vessel, like it's so big, would do you think that would be like a little scary, intimidating, and a smaller ship would be better? Or do you think having more options, like being able to play pool and go on the ropes course and things like that, well, makes zone. it makes it better? That is a good question. Um, I think as long as you understand how to navigate the ship... And we got a video that shows you how. There you go. So, <laughs> on YouTube. Um, as long as you know how to navigate the ship, I feel like I feel like uh, a bigger ship like the Panorama is pretty good because, to be honest, while waiting for Circle C, which is basically waiting to swear and play Spider-Man PS4. <laughs> well, I didn't swear, but I, so, I <laughs> heard swear a lot since Injustice 2 was the most popular game was right beside me. Anyways. Oh, is there a lot of swearing in that game? Rated T for teens, I'm guessing? No. Uh, M for mature? No, the kids while playing it swore a lot. Oh. A lot of rage quitting, I'm thinking. Oh. <laughs> no, I, no, actually. It's, it's, it's more like, how do I use this? How do you oh. expletive use it? Yeah, okay. Fair. We do not endorse swearing on this channel. <laughs> Although I do believe our podcast is marked, marked explicit on iTunes. Uh, that was a setup thing. Uh, we're not generally explicit. <laughs> no. We try to keep things rated maybe PG. Uh, you know, we shoot for a G, but PG is normally what we achieve, uh, both on the podcast here and our YouTube channel and other places like Patreon, for example. Okay. Yeah, so uh, while waiting for Circle C sometimes, what I would do is there was this one time when I just went and did the work. Course? No, the ropes course, which is actually really fun because it's act the first time it's like holy frick. <laughs> but when but the second time you do it, you realize that the kind of that the um It's like a safety harness, right? Safety. Like a guard a guideline yeah, or something? Yeah, the safety harness that's attached to the top is actually really great for moving around. So yeah. But I did it. I did it the second time. The first time I did it, 
because you can do it again because it goes in a loop. Mm-hmm. Well, you have the option to make to uh, get off or just continue. Oh wow! Yeah, is that depending on how busy it is, or you're always allowed to? You're always allowed to just sort uh-huh. of continue. I mean, who knows? They might be like, "Hey, uh, there's a lot of people here." <laughs> it uh, might be a, like staff discretion. Yeah, perhaps. Just consider maybe uh, waiting a little to go back again, and yeah, that. I don't think. I'm not sure if they would do that, but um, yeah, the ropes course is good. It's actually pre- it's actually pretty easy once you get the hang hang of it. Um, there are actually uh, there are actually two uh, ways you can take for each platform, so it goes one platform at a time. And I remember the first time I went there, I was wearing my Hufflepuff t-shirt, and I just had to make the joke once I got on platform nine. Can't wait to get three quarters of the way here, because... Nice. You you Potterfiles will enjoy that, I'm sure. (laughs) And we should mention that there might be some noise disruption. Uh, There is a rather loud party happening outside here at the Hotel Maya uh, that's going to be running until 11 p.m., and we didn't want to wait quite that late to uh, record, because uh, this was the day we got off the Carnival Panorama, and you got to get up at least like 7.30 in the morning, so you can be out of your cabin by 8.30 on the Panorama when it docks in Long Beach. So a little sleep-deprived. We may have stayed up a little later than we probably should have. All you need Uh, to know is... As far as um, sleep goes, we're dead inside. <laughs> we're not quite that bad. But I'm pretty tired. I'm probably looking a little bleary-eyed in the videos yeah. for this uh, for this podcast, and that's all right. Um, and also now that uh, you're the next level of, um, you know, you're at Circle C, that goes until 1 a.m. on most days. Yeah. So and we're usually back at the cabin before he is now, which yeah, is a bit yeah, of a the night owl, shift. the party animal. Um, but that's quite all right because, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's largely wholesome, safe activities. Uh, you know, other kids there notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, were, there, were there any other sort of thoughts? We'll probably come back in the podcast to talk yeah. more about panoramas. We think of things and other topics. But was there anything about, like, sort of your panorama review that you wanted to mention as maybe major positives or mm-hmm. major negatives about that um, particular ship? I, I do think that it is a little bit more family friendly uh, than the yeah. rest of the ships. Uh, I mean, they have the family harbor, uh, which we'll probably get into a little bit more uh, later on down the podcast. <laughs> um, and okay, um, and uh, and they have, as Julie mentioned, the ropes course, which is not unique to the Vista. I believe the Breeze has the ropes course. I think so. Um, and but they also have the Sky Zone, uh, which is this internal inside jumpy trampoline thing i didn't even see that yeah i, I could, tell, could not tell you where it is uh they of it's course have seven okay uh they of okay. course have so you verified it with your own eyes you saw trampolines they're real uh, <laughs> no because apparently you have to book, book. yeah you, oh okay you yeah interesting it, it's actually it's actually right above circle c so um their circle c is it's deck six deck six it's mid, deck right? six forward forward yeah and actually um who knows? Maybe you're that one guy that's that really wants to play the arcade games on the cruise ships. Uh, this is just added yeah. info. The arcade is literally right, bes- practically right beside it. You just go up the stairs and back down. Yeah. The yeah. stairs are a bit different for this area because of the Circle C uh, and Club O2. Club O2. Yeah. It's 15 to 17 years of age. And 
It's funny the path you take. You go up a set of stairs and down a set of stairs. So it's like this little like hump four. you go over <laughs> to get into it. And the funny thing is, is that if you know that you're headed to the front of, uh, you know, the forward part of the ship on deck six, yeah. uh, if you if you don't know exactly where it is, and we didn't when we initially went looking, is it's, it's, it acts, it's, it's very easily to accidentally end up on the hidden decks on the panorama. Yeah. So if you're yeah. looking for the hidden decks on the panorama, and we will have a video about this up on YouTube, <laughs> but uh, basically hit deck six goes far forward as you can and any door that kind of has a window that doesn't say crew only take a look out and that might be your access point to the secret hidden decks on the panorama and then once you're out there there are stairs going up and down to the other hidden decks yeah. uh, so you can get a lot of potential like there are nice benches out there it's nice and quiet if not too many people know about it although yeah. we're kind of getting the word yeah. out but when uh, Julian and I went out there and later I went out by myself uh, we ran into maybe two people across three or four decks mm -hmm. uh, so it's really quite nice they generally close it down in high wind situations as with any hidden deck um, but it was uh, yeah we we were looking for the, the camp and we ended up finding the hidden decks instead by accident. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so they have the Sky Zone and what else do they have? For, oh, they have the uh, the Sky Ride. Well, sky mm -hmm. Ride. Yeah. yeah, that's the exact. Uh, that is, I am a little fluffy, so it is not meant for me. Uh, but uh, these skinny guys here, they uh, could have had a chance to take a uh, take the sky yeah, Did you get did a you chance? Do the sky Ride? Oh yeah. Did oh. you do it? Yeah. And how was oh, it? Oh yeah. Um. Was it hard? Because you're cycling, right? Yeah, um... I didn't get a chance to do it. I didn't... I'm doing other yeah. things. Um, even though they weren't, my shoes felt loose. So okay. I was worried that they were going to fall I'd be nervous. I'd be nervous. So you want to, like, tighten up those laces before you get on the sky ride? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, you have... If you have, if you have anything in your pockets, you need mm -hmm. to put them in this, um, like, locker area. It's kind of, like, pool... Mm -hmm. Okay, yep, so they have lockers for you right there. That's cool. Yeah. And they and do they cost anything? No. Good. And do you have to get like out of line and go back in line, or can you just kind of run over, put it there, and then like, do you lose your spot in line if you use no. a locker? Well, at least the time I used it. You know, sure. Maybe, maybe the people around did. me were just really friendly, and maybe yeah. if it's really crowded, people... They're probably good about that. I don't think you should have to wait in line again. I just mm -hmm. wanted to make sure. Yeah. yeah, who knows? Maybe next... that was my concern. Because yeah. I, I had a, I was wearing a hat when I was thinking about doing it, and I was like, "That's gonna get blown right off." It was too windy. Yeah. So and they have lockers. They they did, they did actually take my hat off because I, I wore it in, mm. and they said, "We're just gonna put this down here." <laughs> oh, that's have awesome. fun. That's cool. great. I mean, Very they don't cool. want things flying off the ship either, but it's nice that they facilitate it that that's way. True. Yeah. So um, there are two people that run it at a time, and sometimes they'll give the bikes to rest and typically at that time the ropes course as well will be closed okay and um so there are two people that run it two employees um they uh will, one of them will go with you if there's no no other person because there's two people at the same time so um i guess that's kind of the payoff for having for like working there for a long time is that uh if there's like yeah, one guy that's going solo, or a couple guys that are going solo, or, or girls, we're gender neutral. <laughs> <laughs> um, but typically when I say guys, I'm talking about like all genders. Yeah, people. Yeah. People. People. <laughs> oh. Um, so it's kind of a payoff if there's that one person that's, uh, those few people that go solo. It's, it's a nice experience. I recommend it. Uh, I went in the blue one first, and uh, 
it's actually the same track because because when I got onto the blue one, because I got to choose. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Since I went solo. Right. Um, you should have called me. <laughs> then, uh, I got on. I got on the blue one, and um, when I started pedaling, uh, I noticed that the red one crossed over. Oh. So turns out it's all the same. It just switches track. halfway yeah. through, so that like, because the person on the inside would have the advantage if you were racing, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's actually the same track, so yeah. that just inverted or whatever. Yeah, so, um, cool. yeah, and actually different things happen, like, um, well, at different times, so. Like it goes up and then it goes down a bit, right? Yes, yeah, um, the red, uh, the one on the right, <laughs> I might have dyslexia, <laughs> um, goes down first, and then later it gets to go up, uh, you, if you're on the left one, you go down a bit later, mm -hmm. and, uh, I can't remember exactly what happens, but you pretty much just uh, go on the inclined uh, plane, mm -hmm. uh, which is apparently a form. It's apparently a machine, according to my sixth grade science teacher. It's got it's sort of a kind of technology, but it doesn't have moving parts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like it's science. It's it's physics. I would say just this one block, but that's more like, that's more like a wedge. Yeah. 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 So what else we have? Well, Welcome to Vacation Impossible Science. <laughs> <laughs> the science edition. Um, yeah, so uh, before we get into some of our topics that we had prepared, I kind of want to call an audible and address two items that have been in the news just recently yeah. uh, that came up on this trip. Uh, the first one, uh, and probably the simpler and less contentious of the two, uh, is that Super Shuttle is going out of business. Yes. Now, in the past... I had done a video where I broke down the cost of going from LAX, the airport in LA, to the Long Beach Cruise Terminal for a solo traveler. And I concluded that Super Shuttle or Primetime Shuttle, one of the two, they often like, they were often within a dollar or two of each other, depending on promotions and inflationary price increases. Uh, that's what I recommended for the solo traveler. Uh, and so on this trip, we were traveling together as a group of three. We were meeting up with Burton and Isaac at the ship. And so I redid the math on that and Super Shuttle didn't come out very good. Hmm. So um, for example, taking an Uber for three people from uh, the LAX airport to the Long Beach Carnival Cruise Terminal would have been about $35, $36. So per person, we're talking 11 to $12 each. Uh, Lyft was in the same range, about $36, so $12 per person. A taxi's astronomical, that's $74, uh, and so that's like $24 per person. Oh my god, it is. Uh, and so Super Shuttle was $63 at $21 per person. Wow. So not a great price there. And, and Primetime has actually gotten a fair bit more expensive recently. Uh, so Primetime was about $40 to $41. We're talking $13 mm -hmm. per person. So ultimately, uh, Uber kind of won the day. Now, Uber and Lyft were within a dollar of each mm -hmm. other. So if you have, you might want to check for surge pricing and if you have a promo code or discount for mm -hmm. either, uh, that sort of, um, is so, but I think basically once you have at least three people, I think even two people in a group, Super Shuttle stopped being economical. I think yeah. Super Shuttle really worked for the solo traveler. But as of December 31st, 2019, they are ceasing operations. So we wanted to give you that update, particularly since we recommended them so much yeah. before. Uh, I think they'd actually tweeted about the video when we put it out. Uh, and so... 
that's a shame to lose that option uh, for when I might be doing a solo trip or so, or anybody else could be doing a solo trip. Yeah. Uh, you know, Burton and I had used Super Shuttle uh, for our very first cruise back in 2013 even. Uh, so I'm a little, you know, a little sad to see <laughs> them go. I'm not happy to see a business go under and obviously the drivers uh, uh, facing unemployment. So our heart goes out to them, absolutely, especially absolutely. with this news coming in December, yeah, less than a month's notice, at least publicly. Uh, and so, you know, our hearts go out to them. I really hope that they're able to find gainful employment elsewhere mm-hmm. uh and that's sort of a shame but from an economics of like vacation impossible if you travel cheaper you get to travel more uh and so uber and lyft are sort of um if you're two or more people in a group that was becoming our recommended model yeah. uh for getting from the airport to the port certainly in la so mm-hmm. that's a piece of news and of course super shuttle services multiple cities and airports uh so uh, a lot of areas are affected uh, particularly cruisers so uh we want to let people know that that option is disappearing Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, uh, whenever you travel, make sure you got Uber and Lyft on your phone. Even if it's not what you plan on doing, having that as an option is great. You normally know the rough price before you commit to anything. So it's good to have that on your phone ready to go. Sure. Um, so that's Super Shuttle. RIP. We'll miss you. Uh, we had good times. Uh, so the other thing we wanted to talk about um, is sort of the more interesting and contentious <laughs> story probably in the cruising world. Um, so in Cozumel, the and um, I'm trying to get the details here correct because I've heard conflicting reports, but my understanding is the Carnival Legend was docked and the Carnival Glory was attempting to dock and then 30-foot swells hit suddenly. Uh, the Glory tried to reverse because it saw that it was basically being pushed into the Legend. And so when you watch the the videos that they had up on CNN or whatever, it looks like the legend is the one that's moving and crashes into the aft restaurant of the glory. Um, But according to the text of what I read about the reports, it said it was the glory was actually the one that was in motion. So, I mean, these are grainy pictures from people with their with their uh, their phones and somebody's like, oh, my God, it's going to hit us. And he's like on a completely different pier with a completely different cruise ship. was in no danger at all. Um, But I can understand adrenaline's pumping and they, you know, especially if if it's like a first or second cruise, you don't really uh, you're not used to seeing how the ships move and understand the, the, the dynamics involved. But yeah, like for all you know, like maybe what is yeah, I was referring to is maybe it's going to knock over the glory. There's just going to be a wave of water. It's going to crash over your ship. Yeah. You're going to die. But that's <laughs> not actually how it works. Apparently, it's very uh, impossible for the, like, just the boat to stop moving, apparently. Yeah, well, and yeah. it, 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 it takes... not on purpose. Yeah, well, in the, hydro, the way hydrodynamics works with a ship of that size is that it takes great power and distance to stop. And so these things can't move on a dime, but sometimes the weather can. And I think that was the situation here. It was described in the news by uh, some experts as the equivalent of a fender bender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so both ships are seaworthy, and I want to make it very clear that there were no fatalities. My understanding that there was six minor injuries yeah. on the Glory um, because the Glory, they had some advance warning because these things don't happen super quickly. Yeah. They were able to evacuate the restaurant in time. Uh, so I don't have, I'm speculating here, but I'm imagining those injuries were about the evacuation. Uh, uh, you know, like they were minor, so maybe a twisted ankle or somebody mm-hmm. trip and fall or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very important to keep in mind that if you do need to evacuate in a situation like that, remaining calm, and I know it's being patient when you think your life is in danger, is probably the hardest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, my life, I felt in danger in various situations and rationality goes out the window and I understand that your lizard brain brain, takes over adrenaline's pumping but uh, that 
that panic can sometimes be the actual cause of the injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, so trying to remain calm and keep a positive uh, 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 mental focus in those difficult moments, if at all possible, mm-hmm. is is key. Um, and so personally, it's weird for me because I've sailed on both of those ships. I've eaten in that dining room, uh, just port of where it was hit. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm not exactly sure what work is going to need to be done to get that back operational. Both ships are completely seaworthy, yeah. but that doesn't mean that restaurant is prepared to be eaten in any time yeah. soon. So I don't know. There's a lot of speculation online right now about whether or not there'll be cancellations and a dry dock. And so, um, you know, if you need to know if your cruise is canceled... Uh, as much as we enjoy Facebook groups and we enjoy being a source of information for you, go to Carnival. Yeah. Take Carnival's word for it, not some random person on Facebook, because they may be working off a half-heard story, mm-hmm. an incorrect assumption, old information. Uh, so a lot of times people contact us with, with uh, questions, and I'm happy to provide the answer in the comment section on YouTube or on Twitter or anywhere else. Um, but sometimes it's things that are on the Carnival website, and so as much as I want to be a resource the Carnival website is sort of the final word on a lot of those things. So um, that's probably where you should, you know, keep your eye out to see uh, updates as that happens. So we don't know how passengers were compensated. We're very curious just because very. we're this is something we find interesting. Yes. Uh, and we like to understand what what uh, the response to situations like this is. Uh, and we're just fascinated about cruising. Mm-hmm. So we want to know everything we can. But uh, uh, I would also caution people against spreading false information. That's why I want to be very careful in mm-hmm. saying only the things that I've, you know, verified from reputable sources, uh, places like, you know, CNN and, uh, you know, CBS News and other places. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. Um, it, you know, Carnival stock is possibly going to take a hit, but uh, there have been incidents in the past, uh, the, you know, the Triumph thing of late 2012, for mm-hmm. example, shortly before my first cruise. Um, and the thing is, Carnival's safety record is amazing. Yeah. Uh, they've been around since, what, the 70s? Uh, they've been around forever. And I'm going to get 72. Possibly. I'm wondering about that. We have a mystery that we're trying to solve right now. On the Carnival panorama, there were lamps on either side of the bed. One had a seven and one had a two. And we're wondering, maybe that's, you know, I I haven't checked Wikipedia if that was their founding year, perhaps? It's kind of 72, perhaps? I don't know. Uh, So we don't know what those those lamp numbers were about, but... um, yeah, so it's it's a little you know it's a, it's obviously unfortunate you don't want something like that to happen mm-hmm. and it's a little sad seeing uh, you know two two ships that I have enjoyed sailing on um, you know have a unfortunate incident like that. I don't know if there's anything you guys wanted to add on, on uh, to that topic. Well, I mean, with regards to the stock price, yeah, it will be interesting. I, I it just so happened that I actually looked up the stock price. Uh, a friend of ours was giving me a ride to the airport. Uh, and we were talking about that, and it was at forty seven forty eight uh, right before closing on Friday before we uh, sailed out. It's a little low for them. They've so, normally been yeah. hovering a little closer to fifty. Yeah, I think the, the, they peaked at like just under eighty dollars uh, in their history. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, uh, yeah. So it's. I mean, I, I'm almost hesitant to say it, but I mean, if you're interested in uh, investing. And, you know, this will, I mean, inevitably it will take, they will take a bit of a stock hit. I mean, when bad news happens, every company takes a bit of a stock hit. But uh, that could be a good time to buy. This would be a good time to buy. You know, buy low, uh, sell so, high. But, uh, but the people buy that are currently high. shareholders are probably less than keen. Uh, my father is, in fact, one of them. So he did comment on that. You know, this is not, not a, great news. It's a fair concern. I, I mean, mean it, it, so, it sounds callous. It sounds a little opportunistic. But, I mean, it's also, that's the realities of investing, right? Yeah, well, and I can't help but wonder if this bad press is going to potentially have a depressing 
force on the on the cost of sailing on the glory and the legend in in the foreseeable future yeah i can't like i'm I'm not exactly sure what the experience was on the triumph after 2012 um but i i think i remember seeing that the you know once it was back in service um that it was kind of at a discount because it had that that negative press about it so yeah um that might be something to watch out for be curious to see how sort of market forces respond and how carnival responds to to the situation Uh, another bit of carnival news is the mardi gras um, has to, uh, had to cancel their sailings from August to November of 2020. Um, it's still in, um, in the shipyard, and the people who are building the uh, Mardi Gras, they needed a little bit more time. So they just today announced, or yesterday, announced that they have had to cancel all sailings from August to November, uh, or August to uh, end of October, and then they're going to resume sailing in November. So that's another bit of news. So, so those of you who have booked or planning on booking, um, and within those months, definitely absolutely check with Carnival, though I imagine they probably would have contacted you by now. Yeah, check your email. Check your check your junk mail if you haven't mm-hmm. heard from Carnival about those sailings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've probably sent you a PDF letter, I imagine. That's normally mm-hmm. how they notify people. Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, some other topics that we that we have here, uh, you know, somewhat less new news, mm-hmm. um, but Carnival has gotten rid of all plastic straws. And this ooh, is feelings. Quite the hot topic. <laughs> yes. Um, so what we just experienced that on the panorama, and so they have some edible sugar-based straws that are crap. They really, I mean, they really are. <laughs> they they don't. I they, mean, they taste good. A li- ish. I think that's a matter. Uh, there's some difference of opinion, but well, the thing is, um, the drink that I got when I first tried them was, um was a non-alcoholic or a version uh kiss on the lips drink it's really good i recommend it i think it's also known as a mango madness that's how it appeared on the on the charge in the app so uh you know if you if you don't want to have to say virgin kiss on the lips because that's a weird sentence uh (laughs) you know um, yeah you could just order a mango madness (laughs) pro tip (laughs) anywho so what flavor straw did you have julian um what flavored straw? Um, did, it, did it have a flavor indicated on the packaging? I mean, it or was, did it was it just red packaging. So yeah, it probably so had strawberry. strawberry. I think yeah. that's what I had um, as well. Yeah. The thing is, also, I have to keep in mind what drink it is. Because that could also vary. Because Yeah, like yeah. if it's a slushy blended drink, I would generally use, uh, especially if it's not fully blended nicely, like the alcohol on an alcoholic version yeah. might be pooled at the bottom or the top or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'd use it like a stir stick. And so I got a kiss on the lips on like the second day of the sale and I had the I, strawberry, you know, edible straw. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it a fair shot. Maybe this thing is the future and the solution, even yep. though intuitively it sounds nuts because sugar's water soluble, not unlike paper. Exactly. And in a previous podcast, I went on my paper straw rant. I won't repeat that here. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that this is, is something that's supposed to, you know, carry liquid and it, it dissolves. So that is just like, I don't understand why they even try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I took it and I was trying to stir the drink and the straw snapped in half. Yeah. Like with that was seconds. my first attempt. Yeah. And you, and you got it with your mango badness. And how did that work for you? Um, it didn't break, but I couldn't suck, I couldn't, like, get things in, and then I realized, oh, wait, this is a sugar straw, and then I ate it. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that's a solution. I had uh, some sort of chocolate frozen alcoholic 
beverage. And the VIF uh, member party, uh, right? Yes, I Yeah, did. the Platinum uh, and Diamond Reunion Party, they sometimes yes. call it. Yes. Uh, and I had a chocolate straw. And my chocolate straw lasted the entire drink, but it got like... It was a martini drink, though, so it's it's smaller in volume, oh, I think. No, it wasn't a martini. No, it wasn't? It, no, it was a... Oh, it was a full size? Yeah, it was a full size. Oh. The martini was the next day on the other thing. Or that night on the other day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't keep track. Mar- I was having a lot to drink that day. One uh, question about the martini. Was it shaken or stirred? Uh, well, I think everything on the ship is a little <laughs> shaken. Wasn't stirred by the straw, I can tell you that. Uh, but yeah, the thing is, the straw lasted the whole drink, but it got sticky because it yes. would kind of uh, well, condense on the outside. Yeah, um, well, it's a sugar straw. Exactly. Yeah. How did they not see this coming? Yeah. So it, it, and so, like, I got sticky, and I, I didn't care for that. So. And so I I got what I think was at the member party: a strawberry margarita, or perhaps a daiquiri. Yeah, I think it was a daiquiri. And so uh, I had the straw, and I knew not to try stirring. I learned my lesson, but also it was perfectly blended, that drink, so I didn't. Um, But it got jammed all the time. Yeah. So I was having to, like, you know, blow the the blockage out uh, and stuff. So, like, the the inside of the straw is smaller than a standard, I think, opening. Uh, But, of course, the, the, the thickness around it is way thicker as well. And then it started to collapse at the top, like parts would break off and chips would kind of like little bits. And so what we had done in anticipation of this, because we knew that this had happened, before we got on the cruise ship, we went to Taco Bell and we grabbed some of our own plastic straws. By we, it was was me. I got one. I got like eight. Yeah. (laughs) And then I had to steal a second one from her uh, for the second time. So the two times that I got the sugar straws... Uh, I had like I was prepared, so I just whooped it out and MDR, and I'm like, you know, my yeah, plastic exactly. straw. Now I'm all for saving the environment and conservation. For sure. Uh, and so I think that, and I've said this before on the previous podcast, I think some biodegradable, uh, you know, uh, uh, sustainably sourced alternatives are good, but they have to work. Like the hay straws we had today. And that was the thing. Yeah, today uh, you can tell them about our hay straws. Yeah, we went to this place called what was it, Ald. Dubliner, mm-hmm. uh, the old Dubliner in, uh, in Long, Long Beach. Beach. It's very Irish. Uh, yeah, it's an Irish pub. It's Irishy. Uh, good food. I good, recommend. Yeah. Good food for sure. My um, burger dripped. Well, <laughs> burgers do that. Yeah, and uh, they gave us uh, our drinks, and it had a uh, hay straw. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a straw straw, and, uh, and it was perfect. And you didn't taste it. It was clean. It mm-hmm. didn't collapse. Um, and it, you're, well, I think you played with your straw a little bit more, so that's why yours collapsed. Uh, it's not meant to be played with. Uh, it's meant well, to be. So maybe still not an effective I, I think, stir stick, but at least it's a straw. It functioned great. I, I think what it was is that mine might have been a bit uh, bended in one place. Sure. Yeah, I think yeah. I might have accidentally. You know, that, that would happen with normal. Yeah, yeah. Normal so I think what happens is I might have accidentally like kind of bit into it, and then it kind of started to uh, break off. And I was wondering what it was, but while investigating, I ended up. There you go. And, I mean, and, and so almost totaling them, almost totaling a third of it. Yeah, and and you know I was on the pod, uh, on the you know random panorama groups and carnival groups before all this. So when the the stir debacle or straw debacle started, and I kind of thought people were getting bent out of shape for no good reason. I'm like, guys, it's really are we really that invested emotionally invested over straws? Like this seems kind of ridiculous. But, uh, and people were talking about their contraband straws, and oh my goodness. And I have no shame about my contraband straws. There are people that were talking about not sailing with carnival anymore as a result There of the seems to be decision. always someone who says that, whether and, they're switching soda or whatever. And so... Someone it, says it. And I, you know, and I thought it was kind of ridiculous that people were getting so uh, bothered by it, but now I, I, I get it. I think it's, yeah. it, it's... I mean, I think people are still being a little melodramatic over it, but I, I understand the frustration for sure. And there is... Um, 
There's sort of an ableist dimension yeah, I was just going to say that, yes. Where um, there, there, there's just certain disabilities where straws are absolutely essential for consuming a beverage. And so if it's a straw that, that, that you know, fully able people are struggling with, then I can't imagine that somebody who has a physical disability of any kind yeah. having this additional barrier and difficulty and challenge that they have to face. Yeah. Uh, my heart goes out for them. And I think their voice is being lost in a lot of these conversations. And honestly, I don't feel like these conversations are happening. It seems like a lot of different companies, Carnival included, but restaurants and other organizations out there, fast food chains, are just making these blanket decisions and I don't feel like they're being well thought through. They're using paper that dissolves. They're using sugar that dissolves. It doesn't seem thought through at well, all. Well, the funny thing is, too, with regards to the paper straws, it takes more resources, in fact, to, to make and manufacture the paper straws. They're whack line uh, so that just seems kind of silly to me um, and you know there are biodegradable straws but I recently learned they're that pretty not, solid those are great but I recently learned that not all biodegradable straws uh, are gluten-free so if you are someone who's I, I know it blew my mind uh, so if you're someone who's uh, you know gluten intolerant then that you know and you're how are you gonna know like you can't ask for the ingredients of the stra ingredient list of the straws now it's getting to that point if they're made out of sugar an ingredient list would be appropriate how many calories is in my straw wow that's a weird question yeah like <laughs> yeah like they, the straws are supposedly sugar free but they are still sugar straws right like it's it's just it's kind of mind-boggling um so i mean yeah but you also I, I'm again pro, you know, environmentalism. You know, I, we've all seen that viral video of the poor turtle with the straw. It's I get it. Uh, okay, maybe not all of us, <laughs> but it's uh, it's. So I understand the desire and I understand the push, and I'm for the desire and for the push. As as are we all. I just think as as Let's Ray has said, a conversation needs to be had. There has to be it has to be options. Let's beta and, test these things a little. <laughs> and you know, and you have to be able to just say, hey, and you shouldn't have to justify why you want your plastic straw. You know, and, and yes, if you are able to have an alternative, you know, if you are able to cart around a metal straw, like a telescopic straw or the or, or some straw, other or, kind of fine, reusable, reusable is great if it works for you. Do, it, do you? But there, you also, but there's the point of cleaning, and and there's concerns about like, are you cleaning it effectively in yep. germs? And uh, you really want to be doing dishes, admittedly one small dish, whilst on vacation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and and also, you know, you know, I went to uh, kind of a bit of an anecdote before I imagine we probably hashed this topic quite thoroughly at this point. But I went to Starbucks the other day, uh, and I had my lips all done nicely, so I didn't want to drink my coffee and ruin my nice lipstick. And so I, when I have a hot beverage and I have nice lipstick that I know is gonna, you know, come off, I like to drink my uh, coffee through a straw. That's quite common. And so I had asked for a straw uh, because they don't have it readily available now. And the shade I got from that barista, I felt like I had just asked if I could punch his kitten. It was like, I was just like, bro, I just I just need to, like, look at this nice lipstick. Well, and they don't know <laughs> that it's for you. It could be for somebody who has a physical disability. Mm. So the amount of judgment that's being thrown around uh, is a little distressing. It's, it's unnecessary. So, okay. um, There's one thing I'll say about this. Okay. I think... Oops, sorry. Um, Go ahead. There is an alternative, not really for all drinks. Like, uh, it's for some people in some situations. This is good. I do have an I do have an alternative idea, um, which is what if we're focusing on the wrong part? This is mainly for fast food because of mm -hmm. one key part. One thing that's never really one thing that's kind of uh, never really talked about with the straw problem. Is how we could utilize lids. Mm -hmm. I feel like what we could do is we could just 
have this, like, basically what we can do is just um, include, like, a straw part on it that isn't really, like, Like a sippy cup type thing. Or the yeah. Sip, yeah, because, like, the lids that you get on a Starbucks drink... Um, you know, they they have, you know, you sip through the lid. That's common. And so they sippy and cups they might be the way one. to do it. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. That's fine. But they developed a new one for the cold drinks about a couple of years ago. And so it, you know, so, it, and there's, what was that? There's a company that you recently went to where they had the, kind of a sippy cup top. Um, so it's not as though companies aren't already looking into that as an option. Mm-hmm. Now, again, for people who don't necessarily have the strength of manual dexterity to hold a cup and actually drink from it, and they actually require the straw, they should be required. They should be allowed to have a straw. They shouldn't have to <laughs> go on know, a guilt trip file to pick an it up. appeal with the city in order to, <laughs> to get there. It's not like I'm saying we can we entirely get rid of straws. I'm just saying it can yeah. help the problem the, the, the problem that kind of started the reason why we have. Paper straws and biodegradable. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it could reduce the quantities of straws that are required. And and you know there should be education, just like you know with the plastic paper or the, the plastic bag thing. You know we didn't outright ban plastic bags. Mm-hmm. We started charging for plastic bags. We started educating the communities and the cities about why plastic bags are not good for the environment, and encouraging people to reuse. You know, or think of alternative uses for their plastic bags, and you know buying their own tote bags and all that sort of stuff. And that's what should have been done with the straws instead of this immediate ban. Yeah, they just throw the switch and without much warning as well. And I think that, I mean, we've in this conversation discussed like a half dozen different alternative solutions. And so I'm thrilled that there are so many different solutions out there. I think that there's like a Dragon's Den episode that could do just on alternative straws, yeah, exactly. which would be probably fun to watch. And so I think <laughs> some enterprising company out there can can find solutions and some good ones we've encountered. Yeah. Uh, you know, the straw straw and the, the hay straw and things like that. So there's a lot of options out there. Uh, I just look forward to us reaching a point where it's a little bit more consistent and they actually look at including everyone and creating yes. products that actually work as part of of the solution. These are two important things. Um, But I think we probably covered that reasonably well. Feel free to get at us in the comments on YouTube. (laughs) If you feel different, we're always happy to learn and see alternative points of view. It seems like there's some kind of thing going on. I'm not sure, but it seems like every single video has at least a dislike, no matter what it is. Come at us. Somehow. (laughs) Bring it on. There you go. Anywho. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, next topic. Um, what is the number one most essential thing you need to bring on a cruise? If Fanny pack. <sighs> I disagree. <laughs> Which makes for a great podcast topic. <laughs> no, fa- you said fanny, fanny pack. You're going to own that uh, one. So here it is. Debate club. Justify your answer. Why are fanny packs the most important thing that you need to bring on a cruise? I want to hear the answer. Okay. Well, I have I have one of the really skinny uh, exercise fanny pack ones. It's like the neoprene with actually neoprene, not magnate, like I was saying over and over again in the video. Uh, so it's a neoprene one. It's very. It's got a very uh, slim profile, so it doesn't have the big '80s butt thing that you would get. Um, and you can fit uh, my large phone and your sign and sale card and a little bit of cash if you want to tip your bartender. Or not your bartender. Uh, your piano, uh, bar, piano performer. bar performer. Or if you're on an excursion, you want to tip the excursion tour bus driver, all sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you need to slip a little Gaviscon, a little to-go packet, you can throw that in there. You can actually fit a reasonable amount of stuff. And because it has a fairly slim profile, you can kind of just tuck it into, like, the back of in the, in the back a little bit, tuck your T-shirt over. No one's the wiser. You're not going to get your pay, uh Pocketed, pocketed, picked. Well, your pocket could still get picked. I it's, mean, it's a little less likely. If it, I mean, if it's covered by your shirt, it's much less likely. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you might have a false sense of security if your shirt True. rides up. You know, some of these pickpockets are pretty skilled. 
Um, but okay, so fanny pack, that is an inter- I am just not a fan from a fashion standpoint. Well, because uh, you're thinking <laughs> 1990s with the neon pink and the neon green and the, the, the blue border. And I don't know if there's any way to make it good. And... I know that there's like LV ones out there that are very popular. Yeah, but across the chest now. That's the yeah, thing. With the, no, that's what don't... the kids are doing these days. None of, it, none of, none of that appeals to my <laughs> sense of fashion, but that's fine. Uh, so my answer to this is your cell phone. Uh, it's such an important multi-function device, uh, particularly on a cruise. You d- download the Carnival Hub app. You can use it to, uh, uh, you know, to chat if you get the chat option for five dollars per cruise. Very essential. Download Uber and Lyft to get around cities. Yep. Download uh, like download offline maps. So yes. when you're in Mazatlan and you you know you can find your own way if you want to do the two feet in a heartbeat approach. It's a camera. It's a video recorder. Mm-hmm. It's a note taker. It's a gaming device. It's something you can listen to podcasts to, including the Vacation Impossible podcast, available on your podcast platform of choice, as well as uh, you know music. You could preload TV shows and movies, whatever. Uh, and so I think it's absolutely uh, the most useful tool, and it's kind of a cheat because it is so many tools in yes. one. Uh, and who knows what they're going to be adding to it next? Maybe holograms or projectors or folding the thing I don't know um, but to me I think that that's probably uh, the one thing you just can't leave behind if if there's one thing that you that you don't want to leave behind and I recently learned a tip uh, from uh, some five minute crafts or something uh, uh, video it wasn't actually them but it was some some, some DIY thing some DIY thing about uh, some travel hacks that are absolutely necessary and a lot of them were kind of silly like you know pack a suitcase <laughs> tie a ribbon around your suitcase. Okay, yeah. and, and a lot of people use is it a hack if hack. it's the most basic thing ever yeah, that everybody exactly. does? So getting a little judgy. Get, Sorry, salty Ray. Get a get a wheelie suitcase. Like okay, yeah. We, it's, it's, we make basic videos for people who may not have an experience, sure. so we try not to judge. But one of them was uh, before I gave up on them entirely uh, was that they had uh, recommended that you, if you get an electronic boarding pass, which a lot of people are doing these days, we tried that actually. Uh, that you uh, take a screenshot of that and make that your your lock screen so that you don't That's have nice to worry tip. about you know if you misplace your paper mm-hmm. boarding pass and you don't have to worry about scrambling through your you know files or whatever or you know if wi-fi is down where you're boarding all that sort of stuff is right there they can scan the qr code and you go so long as you keep a charge on your phone you're good Absolutely. and so actually just quickly about that we did on this sale for the first time ever do a mobile boarding pass yep. so uh, we had the pdfs that you would normally print out from the carnival site saved onto our phones mm-hmm. and when we got to the port uh, they said, no, sorry, you need to print out. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's funny because on the Carnival site, it says mobile is fine and it doesn't specify like one port from another, which, is, you know, mobile is friendly, which isn't. Um, but that having been said, it wasn't a huge delay. It, it really cost wasn't. us three minutes probably. We had to wait off to the side where someone was able to pull up the information from the phone uh, and they had a little printer on their hip yeah. that they were able to send a print job from their phone to and it printed out a little slip that then we were then able to carry on. So, so at this stage, we still recommend you print the hard copy because it will save you that little bit of extra time. And maybe our timing was lucky. It's there like was seconds, though. well, but there was what seconds to print at home. But uh, there was a there was a family in front of us, and they had a lot of questions for the guy. So we were waiting for a bit, uh, and we may have been fortunate in that regard. If there was a lot of people who were doing this, then that could have gotten substantially backed up and could have been another long line. We might have just had good timing. Uh, so save that time. Be prepared. And we say this, you know, in our video about. Uh, on YouTube, we have a video about uh, boarding tips. Have your printout, uh, your boarding pass printed out and have it in your passport on the picture page 
ready to go. It'll save time for you and the people behind you. Please, Absolutely. please, and thank and you. And for the people that are working there. So everyone wins with this. But getting back to the question, Julian, what's the one thing you think you need to take on a cruise ship? Hmm. If, if there's one thing you never want to forget at home, what would it be? Um, well, personally, I think it's a passport because that's how you get Good. in and out. So Good answer. So yeah. honestly, what's it's game the, over with no passport. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's like if you leave it at home, you're going to get to the port. And also, like, if you're running late, you can't run back. Also, what if you're, like, in another country? Yeah. That's, that, and that's then, an important thing. I want to mention that we are Canadians. And so when we do cruise with Carnival, we always need a passport. Americans can get by with their uh, birth certificate and, I think, driver's license in some circumstances. Please check Carnival's website for certainty on that because sometimes these rules do change. Yep. If you're listening to an old podcast or watching this clip on YouTube and maybe it's a little older, we don't want to misinform you. We do recommend a passport because everyone knows what a passport looks like and how it works every mm-hmm. port you go to every country you go to they know how to scan and read a passport quickly yeah. they might not know all 50 american states birth certificates and driver's licenses formats and they might not trust that it's legitimate or know how to read it or accept it or whatever so we do recommend a passport there are strong feelings on the internet against passports and i don't understand them Same. feel free to get at me in the comments if you travel without a passport and you think i'm nuts for telling you to get a passport Tell me why. People have said that they don't like the expense. I can appreciate that. We're all about saving money here, yep. traveling more. Uh, I think it's worth the money. Yeah, but you, so, so, yeah, if it's something other than the cost of a passport, why? What's wrong with a passport? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be very curious to hear. But that's an excellent point. Yeah, because think, if you don't have your one. passport, then you'll never get to use your phone, and yep. you can wear your fanny pack at home for all you for all yeah. you've yeah. done. No, I think Julia takes that one. But those are those are three things to absolutely consider. <laughs> Fanny pack, cell phone, and passport. Fanny pack, take a look. Maybe not so much the fanny pack. Were you counting the things in the fanny pack? Or are you doing a cheat like me? Like it's well, kind of a multi-tool. A little, it's a like, I want a fanny... Well, well, then it's my suitcase and everything in the suitcase. I yeah, put the phone, yeah. the passport, and everything in the suitcase. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where my orange are, my smile. brain, my yeah. blood, all, and all that 75% water. <laughs> So, anyways, that's the so those are those are three number ones for you uh, to make sure you include on every backing list. By the way, does anyone else find it interesting? There were like seven, almost like seventy percent water, and not that's ugly bags of mostly and, water. They called us on Star Trek, and also the planet is like seventy one percent. Yeah, I think water. we're like eighty percent, and the planet's like seventy some percent. But yeah, no, it's interesting. I guess yeah. we are a lot like our planet, which makes sense. Yeah, right. who knew? So. um... I, I had a topic here for what's it like to, to be on a brand new cruise ship. We did talk a lot about the panorama, yeah. but the dimension of it being a new ship, uh, what felt different about it being a new ship? And so we did mention earlier in this podcast, a big part of that that we experienced was the waiters didn't know where the tables were in the main dining room yeah. for your time dining, which was surprising. It was a minor irritation, although if you have some know, mobility challenges, it can yeah, be frustrating. it was a bit of a challenge. Um... So, you know, we tried to, you know, stay light about it. But even, like, on, like, the second to last day, I think, we were still going on a merry chase trying to find our, our room. Uh, not our room, our... Yeah. <laughs> um, on a merry chase to find our table. Uh, and so that was one of the things. That it crew familiarity with the ship. Uh, their comfort level. We knew things about the destination dispatch elevators that the staff didn't know in terms of how to use yeah. uh, the, the handicap button. So uh, that was interesting. Also, um, I find that there was uh, a bit more of a paint smell. Uh, in some parts of the ship, on the exterior, uh, and also 
Um, the casino wasn't as bad because the smoke smell hadn't fully sunk into Saturated. the carpet and the walls and the everything. Yeah. So it was slightly less gross, if you'll excuse me for saying. Um, we had a challenge with our Family Harbor balcony where there is this steel door uh, that can cover the glass door, um, presumably in some sort of a weather emergency. Uh, when we first boarded the ship, and in our, our we did a video where we um, gave you a quick tour of the balcony, a little five-minute video uh, tour of our room. Check it out. But one of the things that we mention in that is that there is the, the door, the steel door, was well secured. And on the first day, it was. And for the rest of the cruise, it was, it was not. Uh, and so it would be banging around at night if the ship yeah. was moving too much or there was too much wind. Uh, and so uh, there was times where some of the staff came and they, they tried to repair it. And we didn't complain. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was on their own volition. They were clearly aware that this was an issue. Mm -hmm. And they took a couple at-bats. There was one time where they came to repair. There was another time where they came and they put a stopper there. Yeah. And the stopper wedged under the door nicely and then slid across the deck like it wasn't even there. Yeah. Uh, so the stopper didn't work at all. They tried to use the kind of stopper they use on the room doors uh, when the they're cleaning. To... Uh, and then the carpet holds it nicely in place. Yeah. But on that on that new deck, uh, and even I think on, on a more worn deck, it would still slide yeah, right yeah, along. Yeah. It doesn't work. One thing that surprised me was the, the railings around the ship. Uh, they were still really weather-worn and textured. You're probably familiar, if you've been on a cruise before, and there's that nice wooden railing, and you go up to it, and you expect it to be lacquered and smooth, and you're going to put your arms on it, and it's going to be lovely. It's and It's sandpaper. It's sandpaper because, like, the salt water, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so the thing to remember is, well, the ship was new for guests. You know, it had traveled, like, Halfway around the world. Yeah. Uh, and so it experienced a lot, you know, it didn't go through the Panama Canal. It took the long route around. Uh, and yeah, so it was. Panama, it couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and so it was, it was, it was still weather worn, even though it was brand new in some places. And it, I found that interesting too, because we had an aft uh, balcony. And so, and with the way uh, on our deck and the way the panorama is built, there's actually a good 20 feet uh, from uh, where our balcony ends and the ship ends. Yes. And the fact that it still had that crash uh, wave splashy saltwater stuff on the railings, I thought was kind of interesting. Well, yeah, and that could have been from like, um, uh, you know, rain and other stuff too, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so I'm not entirely certain exactly the cause of that. Uh, another thing that was a little unusual about our cabin uh, was that there are some automatic window cleaners because there is the, there's a restaurant directly above us, and that was fine for sound. Uh, some people were complaining in Facebook about that. Oh, it wasn't I didn't a problem for notice us. it at all. Um, so maybe it was like different parts of the restaurant, but we were you know at the very very aft, so that's just some tables, uh, and so that was never an issue for us. Also, we were generally out eating or doing something yeah, yeah. in the piano bar, or whatever, when during uh, food service times. But um, they have these automatic window washers, and so it sprays water, and then that sprays right down into your ca your balcony. That was uh, not into your cabin, but on the balcony, on the deck uh, that you would go out on. And so I'm out there, and it happened just on the port side, and I heard it, and I saw it, and so then I ran inside, and the, you know there was a couple nights where it was consistently at six thirty, and then it, a couple times where it didn't happen at six thirty. Yeah. Uh, so that was a little. That seems like a bit of a design flaw. Yeah. Uh, that was weird. <laughs> uh, thankfully, it never caught us. So maybe there's like a motion sensor, like if there's motion outside, like maybe they don't activate. Uh, I don't know. Well, and the but, funny thing because is... one one time when we realized, when we thought it was six thirty, I went out there with the GoPro, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna film myself getting soaked, and then didn't happen. Well, the funny maybe thing when we first noticed it was at our friend's cabin. And they had ocean. It was like instant storm. And we're like, what is, is it happening? Rain? 
What's going on? So it took us a good few minutes to figure out what was going on. Yeah. So that was uh, that, that's kind of unusual. And so like I think they want to bring in automation. They want to bring in new technologies. Mm-hmm. They got the destination dispatch elevators, but people haven't been well educated on. And so um, it's kind of cool that they're trying these new things. The Mardi Gras is going to be an LNG ship, for example. Yeah. Uh, and so you know that's a little bit more environmentally uh, friendly. There's still a ways to go. I would love to see for a sure. ship running on solar power, but that's you know that's that's a generation away probably. <laughs> but um, you know, and so uh, I like to see that they are trying these new things um and hopefully they're responding well to feedback that people provide in the guest survey and verbally and maybe on youtube videos and podcasts mm-hmm. i don't know um and so that's interesting to to see how that's coming together but honestly this was the second ever sailing it did have a three-day short cruise to ensenada before we got on board the carnival panorama so i think i, I i'm not sure if there were maybe more issues uh, on that very first sailing but i was actually surprised with how smoothly everything ran large, yeah, for I'm such sure. a new ship yeah, yeah. i was expecting there to be more issues i did notice a lot of the beverage stations were frequently down for maintenance yeah. uh, and so i'm the thinking ice. and and you know uh the ice and also the coffee makers and other yeah, things yeah. too so and those were all new, new equipment yeah yeah and so i'm thinking that they're having some challenges um it's 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 what they call like a load test and so it's you know it might work great when it's just the staff using it on the on the you know the the transit over from italy mm-hmm. uh but then when you have you know hundreds if not thousands of people using something in a day uh and then you start to put that pressure on it and you see how all the pieces fit together and maybe they don't fit as well as you hoped yeah. Um, but I thought it was actually really smooth. I think that I, I don't feel like there's much of a risk in going on an early cruise like for a new ship. I'm excited to potentially do it again sometime. I'm sure. But uh, anyways, with that in mind, uh, it's getting a little late here and we were a little sleep deprived. So I think we'll go to our last topic. Well, before we go to our last topic, I just want to really well, this, quickly this do a shout topic. out here. <laughs> um, uh, we got, or I got t-shirts made for the three oh, of yes, us. yes. These um, are great. And, uh, I'm going to have... I one out. <laughs> well, well it... we, we got all three of them. Yeah, so. I, I'm wearing it, but you can't really see it from my angle. Uh, but I'll have some, <laughs> we'll have some pictures uh, uh, that I took before and what got them. And you'll probably um, see them on Instagram and in our videos. In fact, yeah. in our video boarding the ship, you can, uh, you can see uh, Mindy's quite well. Yeah. Uh, and we got that from this lovely gentleman named John who runs a Facebook uh, page at a company called ShipTees.com. Uh, it's S-H-I-P-T-E-E-S.com. And I absolutely 100% recommend that you guys give him a try. He is ab- he's just so friendly and so lovely to work with. Uh, we had, we're fortunate enough to run into him. Um, hugs all around. Hugs all around. <laughs> and, Such and, a lovely man. And I was getting compliments every time I was wearing the, sh- the shirt out in yep. public. Uh, I wore, I think, at least three times on the cruise. Um, and even mm-hmm. now here today here in Long Beach, at least once or twice throughout the day, I was getting someone stopping me going, where did you get that shirt? It looks so great. It's so fun. I love the rainbows. I love the color. And it just looks comfortable. And it is comfortable. And it is super, supremely well done. I'm someone who used to work in the apparel industry, so I'm very familiar with with, uh, with this kind of job and, and they did do a fantastic job and mm-hmm. I absolutely recommend doing, uh, using them um, and you know next time we do a group sailing where we might want to consider having group shirts for sure definitely going to be going to them again and uh, yeah I can't say enough great things about them and, and that company yeah I mean we've we've played around with t-shirts before like mm-hmm. we have a t-shirt currently available for purchase from Teespring yeah uh, there's links in all our YouTube videos to it in other places um, buy our stuff <laughs> by our please. merch please. uh and please. and also i mean like i'm wearing a shirt right now that one of our friends um sort of branded for us and so uh and i've gotten shirts from vistaprint before and one thing that i've noticed with all of the other shirts um well all of the shirts except the teespring one 
uh, after the first wash, you can tell it's different. Yeah. Uh, it fades, it crinkles, you know. Uh, and so the longevity of it, the Vista, the Vista print one I got didn't even last me a full year. Yeah. Uh, the logo faded, uh, the neck stained very quickly, uh, versus, and like, that's not a common thing for me. I wear white shirts all the time. They don't stain that rapidly. So, um, but in terms of like, yeah, these guys, uh, and and Teespring are the two that uh, that have taken washes very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come back from the first couple, and I'm talking shipboard washes. I'm talking VIFP free laundry on the Carnival cruise ship. Uh, they come back looking the same as they did you, they did when you took them out of the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at least for those first couple washes, uh, you know, just these are still new to us, so we're going to put them through their paces. Yeah. Um, but so far, that's they they wear way better than honestly Vistaprint. Now, I will, as a bit of a pro tip, I will recommend that when you're getting a print done on a t-shirt, because uh, the dyes on the color of your shirt do eventually bleed into your, uh, into the the dyes of the print. Uh, So if you're getting a darker colored uh, t-shirt and you get like a white print, uh, eventually that white print will become, uh, depending on what kind of press, like here we have a a silk screen and a vinyl press. So eventually, if if this was a black t-shirt, eventually the uh, vinyl, the silk screen, uh, the white will kind of bleed into this kind of lighter, really light pink. Or if I was wearing a black t-shirt, it would turn into kind of a bit of a gray kind of color. That's mm-hmm. not the fault of the printer at all. It is, and it's not even the fault necessarily of the t-shirt manufacturer. It's just the nature of the the material. There's nothing just really chemistry. to do about it. A lot of it's, mediocrity. It's, <laughs> it, there's, I mean, there's t-shirts that have something called cationic dye. If you get a t-shirt that has cationic dye, it doesn't bleed as much. Um, standard gilded, like not necessarily lower quality but more cost-effective t-shirts they don't have cationic dye they are going to bleed there's just no way to avoid that uh so the way the best way to avoid that is to get a lighter colored shirt with a darker colored print um so that's just that's what i would recommend to you um as someone who's worked in the industry and that's something that we've learned and so um we have our current t-shirt that's available for purchase through teespring uh we call it the ship-faced one because it's got a cartoon of my face and a cruise ship coming out the side of it uh and so that's a bit of fun um and that was actually created somewhat at the request of uh, john from stuboroa fighting league who bought one and he he wore it on new zealand television so (laughs) we love john uh and so thanks for that and so what we're planning on doing is we're going to be releasing a new t-shirt design every year but we're also going to keep the old one available as well Mm -hmm. so uh if you have any requests or ideas or want to submit a suggestion or something that's awesome reach out to us um, but stay tuned. And if you are interested in the Vacation Impossible t-shirt, either the current one or one in the future, uh, one of the things that we do on our Patreon is we give you a discount code on the t-shirt equivalent to one month of whatever the level is. So if you're at the $1 level, discount code will save you a dollar. If you're at the $3 level, a separate discount code will save you $3 on the t-shirt. Sure. So functionally, your first month on Patreon works out to be free if you were going to buy a t-shirt anyways. So you can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash vacationimpossible. I I post a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes pictures, mm-hmm. uh, pictures from adventures that don't make it to the YouTube channel. We don't even talk about on the podcast. I, I do all sorts of travel that doesn't quite make it to the internet, and so you want to see those secret adventures and uh, something I call my little plane adventures that I've been on <laughs> recently. Uh, we put some pictures there on Patreon. I write some blog posts specifically for Patreon, uh, and so you get a little bit of different content at the $1 and the $3 level. You get more personal things.
things for me and uh, just the behind the scenes stuff at the $1 level. So if you're interested in that, uh, one thing that's nice about that, uh, and we do appreciate the support, uh, you know, helps us upgrade our equipment and things mm. like that. We're slowly going 4K in our videos. And so we need to replace our cameras to support that. Um, but the real part of it is, is it, it provides sort of like a safe space where um, we know our audience and the audience is already fans of us. And so I don't need to worry about the internet trolls. Yeah. And so I can speak a little bit more from the heart. Maybe I don't have to watch every word as carefully and be as concerned. And so that's really what it's about. It's sort of like a, a nice little community that we're building like there. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. And so that's that's really what that's about. Um, so anyways, thank you so much for listening. If you're able to give this podcast a review on your podcast platform of choice, be it iTunes or whatever, we really appreciate it. It helps a lot. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on uh, Google Yay. Music. We're on Stitcher. We're on pretty much... Yeah, Podbean. We're, we're on pretty much everything that hosts uh, a podcast. So please subscribe. Uh, give us a like and a positive review if at all possible on your podcast platform of choice. Check us out on YouTube. We put clips of uh, these uh, these podcasts on YouTube with uh, useful information and video. You get to see us. And, uh, uh, you know, we have a video that shows you what we're talking about so yep. you can see it. So that's YouTube.com slash Vacation Impossible. And... Uh, we're also on Tumblr where I have some other blog posts, just kind of broader travel mm -hmm. topics and uh, Instagram are all over the place. So please check us out and thanks for listening. Any final thoughts? No, I think we're good. Um, to mine. Okay. All right. So for, uh, so for uh, Julian and Mindy, I'm Ray. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on the Vacation Impossible podcast. Bye-bye.